With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to episode 165 of GigPod, the Glasgow is Green podcast. And before we start, just a brief apology. Well, we're going to have two episode extravaganza this week, this week, but genuinely due to technical difficulties, not because we're lazy, but once we can only do one. So it's an epic podcast this week. We'll be talking about the Motherwell game. We'll be having a rant about the fixtures. And then, of course, there's the big preview of the Cup semi-final on Sunday. And I'm joined as usual by Spoken Phone. How you doing, mate? Not too bad, John, not too bad. Had a, a bit of a debrief yesterday after work, so still recovering from that, but looking forward to the weekend and, and looking forward to spending the next week uh, well chatting with yourself about Celtic. Yes, that's right, it's the debrief, or whatever as we're calling it. But Right, so we'll have a brief debrief, very good that, of the Motherwell game last weekend. It was, of course, one each, the first game with drop points in at home this season. And it didn't really matter, of course, because Rangers hilariously lost 2-0 to Aberdeen on the Sunday. And as, as everybody knows, we can win the league next week against Hearts. More on that later. Now, you weren't at the game. I was, so I'll just briefly talk about it. I thought we didn't play well. We, in a way, we played like the league was already won, which I suppose technically is. Well, no, technically it isn't, but I mean, I suppose it is. But we were playing like a team that just at an end-of-season game, we didn't get going. I mean, Motherwell had the first chance of the game. Joe Hart had to make a save after a minute, and when that happens, you know, maybe say like only at their best. We got a goal through Carl McGregor, took a deflection. The equaliser came through Kevin Van Veen after some truly dire play where we ended up putting too many men up for a corner and left Van Veen one on one with Greg Taylor. Taylor probably should, not, should have done a bit better. And then we huffed and puffed, at, but didn't really look scoring. I mean, Kyogo had a chance saved, and we just didn't really play well. 
I mean, we can let the team away. It's only the third time we've dropped points this season, and in the end, it doesn't really matter. That sounds like a song. But we didn't play very well. The Nobody, in fact, played well at all. I'd say, I thought a lot I played quite well at times. Nobody really else did. Well, Kyogo, I suppose, was okay. He missed a good chance. I thought Haxabanovic was pretty poor. He didn't take advantage of these big opportunities that have came this way with Jota and Abadi being out. But no, I think it's probably best just to draw a veil over that game and move on to other topics. Would you agree with that, Spunkphone? I would indeed, um, only because the purely legal, just in case there's any lawyers listening, uh, means which I tried to watch the game uh, on Saturday weren't going very well for me, so I, I missed most of it, to be honest, John, and you've uh, summarised uh, my thoughts as well, pretty well there, so I'm happy to move on. Yes, I did get to go to the pub, though, with our dear leader on Saturday, so I suppose, in a way, that was the highlight of the day, and if that's the highlight of the day, you know Celtic Company played well. So, right, on to our next topic... And after a ridiculously long wait, the post-split fixtures were finally announced on Tuesday. Celtic's first game is a week on Sunday, away to Hearts. Then we've got a second away game, this time at Ibrox against Rangers. Then a home to St Mirren, a midweek game away to Hibs. And our final game is at home against Aberdeen. And I have to say, I'm not very impressed with the fixtures. I really think they should have gave us a home game at first, and I'm not just saying that to be a big dog. I mean, it surely makes sense to have as many fans there as possible to make it look good even for the league. I know that the SPFL, Sky and everybody else up here got their way to make the league look as lousy as possible. Like, for example, there's lots of there's like games that are being shown live that aren't going to be shown that should be. I mean... Hearts Aberdeen's not going to be shown live because Sky used up the four picks already by showing Hearts Rose County last week for some reason. And obviously they're showing our game against Hearts next week, but that really has to be done away with. You can only show four games for a ground in a season. That's just that's just stupid. It makes Scottish football look daft. As if they'd even contemplate that down in England. They'd look at his little numpties. So I think giving us two away games in a row at the start, just... It's poor, really. I mean, I think there's a lot of good, 1,400 fans at Tynecastle if we win it there. If we don't win it there, we maybe need a point at Ibrox. Of course, there's not going to be any Celtic fans. And I think, as usual, it's just Scottish football going out the way to look as ridiculous as possible. They've never made the game more attractive to people. I mean, we've agreed that TV deal to 2029 with Sky, which is just ridiculous. For the last six years, I mean, who knows what this TV rights landscape will look like then. And I think they've made a mistake and they should have gave us a home game at first. If that's me being arrogant, so be it. I mean, we'd, we'd be able to cope with three away games in a row with nothing to play for. So, no, I have to say, I'm not very impressed with the SPFL and whoever it is that came with, came up with the fixtures. And i seen that Ange wasn't very impressed either, and I don't blame him. What do you think? Do you agree with me broadly? I think that was a, a terrific shoot there, brother. We were obviously meant to get them on the Monday as well and then ended up not getting them the, the Tuesday, the fixtures as well, which I think sums everything up pretty well. Hearts away first. Yeah, I, I knew we were going to be three three away and two at home, so I'm not too surprised, to be honest, it's an away game first. I'm a little bit surprised, actually, Ibrox is straight after it, just purely on the basis of, obviously, we expect Celtic to go to Tynecastle and win the league, but if they didn't, it does roll over, even with the, the no away fans. Um, we know it's obviously a situation that, Police Scotland um, are keen to avoid, but our wonderful broadcasting overlords at Sky maybe do not echo that sentiment, putting that game second. I agree with you as well with regards to showing you know, 
a maximum of four games for a certain stadium. I think that's, what is it, two or three Edinburgh derbies now this season as well that won't have been on the TV. Um, it is just pretty ridiculous. And obviously with the split and the way it works a lot of the time, you've got, you know, the top six maybe play the Saturday, the bottom six will play the Sunday or vice versa. And again, it's just an inconvenience for the supporters who might have to travel, for example, a longer distance on a, a Sunday or get there for a certain time purely because it's based around this TV schedule when they're only going to be shown one of the six games on the telly. So pretty ridiculous uh, set of circumstances. But listen, it's all been said a, a thousand times before. Nothing's going to change anytime soon, as you say. We're unfortunately locked into this deal for the long haul, John. Yeah, I mean, I've got Sky, but I can't say I'm impressed with it. They're not showing a single game for the, the relegation dogfight. And I mean, okay, the standard of football might not be very good. But I mean, if we win the league next week, which hopefully we will, the only things to talk about are who's going to finish third and who gets relegated. And they're showing, I think, Hibs Rangers live. And I don't know, I mean, obviously the games involving us and Rangers must get the higher ratings. And that must be why they're showing it. But it really is. Quite bizarre the way Sky treat her game. When I saw that Hearts can't even sell pay per view to their game against Aberdeen, and I think St. Mung can't when they play Rangers in the last game of the season or something like that. So Sky really can do better. I suppose one good thing is that we've got an unexpected three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday against St. Mirren, the second, the third last game of the season, second last home game. That'll be no bad, I suppose. And I suppose it's good that people will be able to see Celtic because of the, the, the only one good thing, I suppose, is that because of the, the very few tickets we'll get for Tynecastle, people will be able to go watch the game in their house or in the pub next Sunday and hopefully celebrate a, a big win. But no, I mean, Sky really can do better. And we've, we've ranted about Scottish football a lot since the gig board came back a few years ago. And this, this, this is just another example of being ran badly. As you say, the fact that it took more than a day to come up with the fixtures, and that's what they came up with, just says it all about Scottish football, and the guys in charge really should do better. That's the end of that rant. On to the big topic of conversation for this week's episode of GigPod, and it is, of course, the big semi-final preview. My goodness, a, semi- a Scottish Cup semi-final against Rangers. How, how fun they are. Of course, the most recent, last year we lost 2-1, a game which we've talked about a lot in this pod. I remember our dear leader texting me during it that he definitely wasn't going to watch the game if it goes to penalties. Unfortunately, it didn't get to go that far as we lost 2-1 an extra time. A game which I had to watch in my house, in my room, as I had COVID. So, thankfully, that's not the case now, and I'll be, able to, I'll be able to watch it in the pub with our dear leader, I think Hamish and some other unnamed individuals. Right, so Spunkphone, well, how are you feeling overall when you look back at the games against Rangers this season? How, how do you feel going into this game at the weekend? I am, in in a word, confident, I guess, John. I don't read too much into the 4-0 game because ultimately, as much as it's still going to be two very similar sets of players um, on Sunday, we've obviously had the three derby games since and and Rangers have obviously changed manager as well. We kind of covered it on the the League Cup final preview beforehand and and I would still go along similar lines of at hand and it is much more of a... A 50-50 game, if you like. I mean, I was pretty um, pretty confident going into the the most recent encounter at Celtic Park and, and generally I am going into those games. Obviously, Ibrox is always a, a worry. That's a an outlier, if you like, in the season in terms of you're turning up most weeks expecting Celtic to, to win 
Ibrox are kind of going there hoping to win a lot of the time, even if this isn't a particularly good Rangers team that's, you know, having a, a pretty poor season. But I'm still confident, to, to be honest. I think just on the evidence of the last three games, as much as I say it's more of a 50-50 at Hamden, I'm a lot more confident for this than I was the League Cup final. And I think it's purely on the, the basis and the evidence of the last three games. And we'll go into it a bit, bit more, obviously. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident. I don't know about yourself, mate. But, um, as I say, on, on prior evidence in the last three encounters, um, it's, it's filled me with a... A lot of hope going into Sunday, John. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Spunkphone. I'm fairly confident. I mean, I suppose in the build-up to the game on Sunday, I'll be nervous like always I'm against Rangers, and hopefully Ange doesn't do a selection curveball like he did for the game at Ibrooks, where before it, I was full of bravado, and then I thought, oh, no, it's Ange done. Playing James Forrest all of a sudden, knee Jota. And so, I, I mean, I doubt that will happen. So, I mean, yeah, just yeah, I'm fairly confident. I mean, if, if we briefly look at the... The games so far between the teams this season, as you say, we beat them 4 0. And the first meeting between the sides, that was like, I could play different Rangers in a way, same sort of players, but obviously a different manager. Since Michael Bio came in, the games have been a lot closer. I mean, we drew to each Ibrooks and we aged out the last two games, 2 1 and 3 2, but I think we deserve to win those games. And I, like you, am confident. How confident I am will depend on the team that is selected by Ange. And as everybody knows, there are some significant players for Celtic that have been out injured and we're all wondering if they're going to feature or not. Of course, they are Rio Hattati, Jota and Lila Vada. Rio Hattati has been missing for over a month. His last game was against Hibs. And I think we've not played as well without him. I mean, okay, we did beat Kilmarnock 4-0. Well, we did get that goal blitz against Kilmarnock when we were leading 4-0. But I think we're missing him. I know we've talked about it before, and I was speaking to Steve about it. I mean, what will we do if he's not been seen in action up until the game? There has to be a worry that there's a repeat of the Aaron Moy situation. He didn't play after being injured for a while, and since he's been back, he's been pretty terrible, especially against Rangers in his first game back. Do you think there's any chance that Rio Hattati features in the squad, and would you play him from the start in the game if he is available? Well, I think as, as Ange's alluded to, and I know he, he tends to keep it quite quiet on the injury front, but I think other than James Forrest, which, um, again, no slight against James Forrest, great servant, everything like that, he's he's achieved some great things with Celtic. After the performance at Ibrox, it's maybe not necessarily a bad thing. It won't be available for, for Sunday, albeit if Jota and Abada were to miss out as well, he probably could do with another winger being there. But anyway, the, the point that Ange had made, I think, was... Basically, it's a case of just seeing how they've they've gone this week. Obviously, we're recording this, you know, before he's done his pre-match presser, and we don't really have an update on the the status of Jota Abada and Hatati as well. Hatati's one who he's probably the one you've got the most doubts over, isn't it? With the nature of the injury, the fact that he's been out for over a month now as well, um, and would they basically throw him back in at the deep end, so to speak, by starting him? On Sunday, I guess it's going to just depend on how they've trained this week and, and how they've looked in training if they're at a level um, where you know the manager thinks that they can step in and do a job. He's got undeniable quality. He's been one of our players of the season. But ultimately, it is, it is one job where it's a risk either way, isn't it? Really, just given the, the nature of his injury and how long he's been out for. So I think we'll just have to, to wait and see. I do still think we've got a reasonable amount of depth and, and quality in the midfield 
to cope without Hitati Albeit you'd obviously prefer him there. My big worry really is we're a bit short up front at the moment, which isn't something we've really been a lot of the time this season. We've had plenty of strength and depth and strength and numbers there as well, but we're jot on a bad miss at the moment. Forrest, who obviously we touched on there as well. We are a bit short uh, in terms of up front at the moment, so to be honest, my main worry at the minute is whether at least one of Jot or Abad is going to be fit for the game on Sunday. But I think Hitati, as I say, it's going to be a, a big risk either way. We'll, we'll wait and see, obviously, if he features. And listen, if he's selected, I've got full faith in the manager that they made a, a correct call. But we'll have to wait and see. As I say, my, my big kind of worry at the minute is actually the, the forward line um, and the injuries that, that Jot and Abad have had, just because purely on the basis of the numbers up there at the moment. Right, before we go into that, just one last thing on Hitai. If he is out, who do you think the manager will start in midfield? For me, I think it'll be Matt O'Reilly, Awata and Cal McGregor. I think the manager will look at how Matt O'Reilly... I don't think he's played that well. I mean, to me, he, well, he did give the ball away for Motherwell's goal on Saturday, but then that was by defending, but I was really like to have so many players up like, in Motherwell's box for a corner. I'll let him away with that. But I've not been that impressed with him this season, but the manager will think, look at his numbers, look at the fact that since he's been backing the team, he scored twice against Kilmarnock, he set up the first goal against Rangers. I think he'll look at that as why he should be playing. Carl McGregor always plays, of course. And I think Aaron Moy, who we lauded in this podcast countless times, is so badly out of form that he just can't start. I think he'll be involved, and I think... That We'll go into this a wee bit later as well. I think the subs are going to be very important. But I think it'll be uh, Awata, McGregor and O'Reilly that'll start if Hitati's out. I think that would be the, the three we'd go for. See, O'Reilly's maybe not been hugely impressive late. Obviously, he had a good game down at Kilmarnock, but he's had a poor game at Ibrox, to be fair, but he's also had plenty of good games against Rangers as well. And one thing he'll definitely give you his legs in the midfield, as I say, or as you've said, sorry, Adam Moy, since he returned for injuries, looked a, a wee bit off it, he's looked a, a yard or two off the pace Awata to be fair has come in and, and fitted in pretty seamlessly to that midfield so I, I think if um, if Hitati was to be fit I think it'd be probably Hitati, O'Reilly and McGregor but if Hitati's missing then I think it'll be Awata in his place and I think it'll be Aaron Moy off the off the bench, I think that's the most likely scenario there, so no, we're, we're in agreement there John. Yeah and just one last thing on Awata, he's done well twice against Rangers this season in the cup final and in the win at Celtic Park a few weeks ago so I've this might be famous last words but I've got, I've got no fears about him featuring the game. Right so you mentioned it earlier, your big fear is about the lack of players we've got up front, especially on the wings, I mean we've got Kyogo as the main striker we've got O who we didn't mention this earlier, but really missed a good chance against Motherwell to get the winning goal. The critics will say it was one Jackamacus. Remember him? Would have scored, and they're probably right. But, but we'll no hold that against him. I mean, that was a bad miss, but he's he's done a, he's done well enough in his time at Celtic. But I, as you say, there's real real issue in the wings. Before they mentioned James Forrest, okay, he's no featured for months because injury. But I mean, he's still a very important player at times. He'd be important for a big game at Hamden. And we're missing Jota and Lila Bada. At the weekend, it was Dyson on the one wing and Haksabanovic on the other. And I don't think either of them played well. 
Hats of which in particular, I think, starting to look a bit more at an impact player off the bench. You don't need to look at the, the cup final when like, he really should have scored when he ran through inside his own half, only had McGregor to beat and put the ball by the post. That was after Jota and really Dyson had played well that day. I've got no doubts that Dyson's going to start because we know the manager loves him. But we're not sure who's going to be in the other wing or start in the other wing. I don't, well, if, if we're forced to play Haxabanovich, I mean, I think he's a good player, but I'd much rather have Jota or Leela Bada in the team. And I think one of them probably will start. I'm leaning more towards Jota. That will be a risk because he's not played since the last time we beat Rangers. I think he pulled up one injury towards the end of that game. He didn't feature at all against Kamarnock. Understandable, they've got that terrible plastic pitch. Didn't feature against Motherwell in a way, understandable. But why take a risk if he's not really fit? But then CCV played in that game, and I don't think that Andrew think like he'll want to win every game. So, as a concern, what uh, do you think will happen? Do you think one of them will come back? And if not, how confident are you in Hacksaw that he'll be able to turn on his one of his best performances for Celtic so far and would probably be his biggest start for Celtic so far. I don't want to come across as if I'm being massively negative, but I, I kind of do agree with what you've said there. Obviously, we don't want to um, kind of box him in and categorise him as purely being a, an impact player, but his most impressive performances this season, Aksabinovich, have, for the most part, came off the bench. Um, and of late, in the last couple of games, he started against Kilmarnock and against Motherwell. I, I don't think he's really made a particular impact. So that is that is a bit of a worry and a bit of a concern. Look, he's obviously got quality, but in, in terms of, um, you know, Jota being the big one, I mean, again, he's been one of our best players this season. Granted, he's been a little bit up and down at points, but to be honest, I think most wingers are. Um, and, and with the way that he started the season, with the, you know, the goals against Rangers, Kilmarnock, the one against Aberdeen on the opening day as well, it was always going to be a, a case of, you know, he'd take a dip at some point because he, he couldn't keep that up. That start he had to the season was just ridiculous. But he's got bags of quality and even if he has missed the last couple of games, I, I wouldn't hesitate, to be honest, to throw him back in there. Um, he's had plenty of big performances against Rangers previously. Um, he's scored against them on a good few occasions now as well. He, he was a constant threat in the, the cup final at Hamden um, a couple of months ago and, and Dyson, I think, will obviously be, as you say, the, the one that's nailed on to start, and then I think it's going to depend on fitness. I'd be quite happy to see a bad back as well. He's, he's got a decent record in these games. I know that he's he's maybe not made the the same impact this season, albeit his numbers are still pretty good, but he's, he's struggled in terms of getting the same number of minutes that he did last season. I guess that was due to a kind of lack of depth at the time, if you like, because he was only about 18, 19, 20 coming in from, from Israel and was kind of thrown in, but to be fair, he, when it was sink or swim, he definitely definitely swam last season. So I, I'm hoping that the two of them are back fit. As I say, Hattati's, it's one of those where, because of the nature of injury and the, the, the amount of time that he spent out, I, I don't really expect him to certainly start on Sunday, but I'd, I'd be pretty disappointed if um, if neither Jot or Abada were, were, in the, um, were in the start of 11 and in the squad. Aksabanovic, he's got quality this season, he's made an impact off the bench on plenty of occasions and he has impressed me, but of late, when he's had the kind of chance to come into the team with the likes of Jota out injured, I don't think he's made a, a real profound impact or a, a case to start this game, other than if we're short of numbers when it comes to the forward line, so fingers crossed, and just say, I think I think Jota's obviously the, the big one. Yeah, I'd agree with all that. 
Jota has been excellent against Rangers this season. I think if I was to make a guess, I would imagine that all three will be in the squad. And if if when obviously we're recording this on the Thursday night before the cup final, well, as we said, I mean, Ange's press conference hasn't been yet. Maybe he'll say something completely different during his press conference, but I think he'll say that they're available. But that doesn't mean they'll all feature. Let, they'll not all be involved for the entirety of the game, still, I think they will. Right, two last things before we do the shoot prediction. One player that we'll need to briefly talk about is Kyogo, because in basically three games against Rangers, he scored five goals, because, of course, in the first game, he, he had that shoulder injury after, like, 30 seconds. But he's just been outrageous against them. They can't, they can't cope with his movement. The cut-ins for the the crosses, Rangers just can't handle, and I think that'll be a big part of our game in the semi-final, and that is why it's so important that we've got good service from the wings. From Dyson, hopefully he's like he's mercurial best, and that's why we need Jota and we need Abada. No disrespect to high Spanish, but I think they're better players. So I think Kyogo will be a main man for this. And I think the use of the subs in the squad is going to be very important. I won't mention penalties because we talked about that the other week, but we don't know who takes the other's penalties if it goes to the penalty shoot. But I think the use of the squad is going to be big because we know that Ange likes to make subs around 65, 60, 65 70 minutes. And I think that'll be the same in this, the semi-final, especially if it goes to extra time, which it could when you look at how close the games have been between the teams recently. I mean, I still think we're the better team, but the games have been close. So I think how Ange uses the subs is going to be really important. I would expect a lot of playing time for Oh, even if it means that Kyogo has to go off after like 65, 70 minutes. Same with Aaron Moy if he doesn't start. And I think that'll be what happens with the wingers. I think if Jota starts, he won't play the whole game. Same with Abada and the same for Hitati as well. I mean, they could still have big impact in the game, but they'll either make it from the bench, I think, or they'll only play a percentage of the game. I think that the use of the squad is going to be very important for us on Sunday. Yeah, no, I would totally agree. And I mean... It's a big part of the discussion we're having here as well in terms of wanting these players back, back and fit and back and involved, whether they're, they're actually starting in the game or not. If, if they're able to come off the bench and make an impact, or as you say, Jota there, for example, if it was to start and we get 65, 70 minutes out and, um, and, and basically just say, you know, go run yourself into the ground and try and make an impact in the game. And, and then obviously you've you've got the likes of Aksabanovic and, and possibly a bad if he's back as well, you can turn to and bring off the bench. I, I think that that's something that we're going to have to obviously utilise on, uh, on 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 Sunday. Same with Aaron Moy, even David Turnbull, who I know has not necessarily played his, his best football this season, and we'll wait and see, I guess, what his long-term future um, at Celtic looks like. I think he might be one that's possibly off in the summer, but regardless of that, as you say, with the five substitutes now, six as well, if it goes to extra time, it, it's crucial that we've got these guys involved and in, in, even as you say, if Hitati isn't fit enough to start, if we can get the last 15, 20 minutes in the game out and off the bench, he's good enough that he can make an impact. So 100% agreement there with you. I think um, you're obviously hoping that these players are back and involved and fit to start, but equally, if they're fit enough to get a good 20 minutes out of them if needed, then uh, then that's a positive as well. I think one of our reasons the squad is so important is that we don't want a situation like last year's semi-final where we were in control until injuries just, just sort of destroyed our flow. I mean, we lost both our starting fullbacks in that game, Juranovic in the second half and Greg Taylor before extra time. I think Stephen Welsh had to end up playing at fullback and I quite like Stephen Welsh as a player, but he's not a fullback and really wasn't a surprise. We ended up just 
falling flat and the extra time that time. I mean, this is different Celtic team. But I think Angel will be remembering that game and he'll want uh, he'll want to make up for that as we, as we look to get in the, the Scottish Cup final and make up for not getting there last year. And I think I'm well done the defence as well. It's a big game for Greg Taylor, AJ, CCV and Starfield. I mean, CCV, I think, will start. I think it'll be the same back four as usual. I think the real only question marks is who's in midfield and who plays on the wing. And we've talked about who we think it'll be. If the if Hitati, Jota and Abad are available, that's probably the, the strongest squad we've got. Because I think that'll be everybody apart from Forrest. So if Ange comes out tomorrow and sees that they're fit, I'll be delighted. But then, I don't know. I, I'd be surprised. I think I, I expect Jota to start. But I'd be shocked if Hattati started. I'd, I'd be shocked really if Hattati's involved because a month out with a hamstring injury, that's a big gamble. Even if like we've not got a lot of big, like, we've not got a lot of meaningful games left this season, I think that's a that's a bit of a gamble. But only time will tell, and as usual, we'll, we'll trust the management way it does. Right, so it's the big moment, the predictions, and Spunkphone. I'll let you go first. What is your shoot prediction for the Scottish Cup semi-final? I was well off it last week because I predicted us to comfortably um, swap Motherwell to one side. How arrogant of me. But with the last couple of derbies, I've been um, on the money for the Cup final and just short when it came to the 3-2 game at Celtic Park. I had us winning 3-1. So I've I've been in the kind of right, right ballpark recently. I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident, not just in this Celtic team, but my own psychic-like abilities to predict these results in these games. I'm going to go with another 2-1 win um, for Celtic at Hamden. I, th- I think as well it will probably be sorted out in 90 minutes. However, I think this one, possibly more so in the cup finals, more likely to go to, to extra time. But I, I would still back this team to get the job done in 90 minutes. Um, so I'm going to go with 2-1. And, and I think... Um, I think it'll be pretty similar to the cup final in that sense. Um, I'd take that right now anyway. There's anything to get us into the final, and I'm sure you'll be in agreement there. Um, albeit you might have went for a, a different scoreline. Well, a slightly different scoreline. I'm going for 3-1. I think it'll be, as you say, pretty similar to the cup final. But I think this team will get a goal on the break. We won't miss a chance. So I'm going for 3-1, but it wouldn't shock me if it ended up going the extra time. Maybe we scored a couple on the extra time. I don't want to go an extra time because I'll just be too nerve-wracking and exhausting and these games are already nerve-wracking and exhausting as it is. But we'll just need to see what happens. And of course we'll be back next week to talk about the semi-final and the aftermath and all that. Spunkphone, thanks very much for being on the pod. John, thank you. It's a pleasure as always. You know what you find us on all the usual podcast platforms. We've been doing the podcast long enough. You leave us reviews, ratings, tell us how great we are, etc, etc. You can catch your dear leader Stevie on Twitter sometimes at GigPod and on Instagram most of the time at GigPod and he'll no doubt have various bits and pieces going up before the game, after the game, etc, etc. We'll be back next week, probably on Monday, with a review of the semi-final, hopefully talk about a self victory and of course we'll have more podcasts between now and end of the season. Then our next end of season extravaganza, but we'll review the season. So in person as well. And Stevie will be back for it, so he says, so... You've got that to look forward to. But we'll speak to you all next week after the semi-final. Good luck to Celtic at the weekend. We'll speak to you all soon. And hail, hail.
Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.